0: A few years ago, my younger sister texted me out of the blue uh, with a question. It was about her daughter, uh, my perfect pink and bald one-year-old niece, Jolene. The text read, Do you think Jolene ought to be baptized? Now, you may think this a perfectly natural occasion and question, particularly if you have a priest in your family, but it actually was a source of great consternation to me. First off, we're good Midwesterners. Uh, We do not talk about politics or religion uh, in our family, though uh, of late certain family members have had trouble remembering the politics requirement. Uh, How are your Christmases? (laughs) Uh. Second... My sister is like the majority of folks in my family in that she is disinterested at best in religion and has no desire to attend a church. And third, I was a little worried about spraining my thumbs, you know. Have you ever asked someone a question and then immediately regretted it? Like like something innocuous like how are you? And you've asked someone who overshares and then launches into a litany of their experiences until you have to forcefully extricate yourself from the one-sided conversation. "Is this just me?" Or have you ever asked a bunch of New Yorkers their thoughts on the best Italian food? Um, <laughs> and you realize that as their arguments escalate in volume, that you're never actually going to make it to dinner after all? Well. That's the danger when you ask a priest a theological question. I had some moments of self-reflection to realize this danger for me, and I felt it as I typed and erased and retyped my thoughts about a dozen times and decided I didn't want to be that person sending a sourced and footnoted essay via text. So I finally cleared it all out and said, I'd love to talk at Christmas. Part of the reason I couldn't immediately give a clear answer is because Christian belief about baptism isn't clear. Depending on where and when and who you are at where you are at in our history, you'll get very different answers about what baptism does and means and who it's for. There are a few things we have always agreed on. Uh, Baptism is initiation by water into Christian community. It's our entrance right into the body of Christ as we know it here on earth and his mystical body beyond it. We die in baptism, drowned actually, into the death of Christ and are raised into Christ's resurrection on the other side. And water, it's always involved. Though we've disagreed on whether a candidate uh, is fully immersed in a river while dressed in white, or, like I've experienced with more than a few toddlers, are held involuntarily still over a font for a few hasty sprinkles while they scream desperately for release. That's just the start of our disagreements, though. Importantly, we disagree on how well baptism works and if you get to do it multiple times. Most of Christians in history have agreed that this is a one-and-done kind of deal. It's what this church believes. If you were baptized in the name of the Trinity, it worked. doesn't matter when or who did it. But I had a friend in seminary who came from the Baptist tradition, where he was baptized something like 18 times because it just didn't seem to be sticking for him. That's an ongoing problem with baptism. You die to sin. You're raised with Christ, and your sins are washed away. And now that new life looks conspicuously similar to the life that you had before. This is a real problem when you get only one shot— There was a time in the uh, early church where people started to wait until their deathbeds to be baptized to make sure that they were sinless at death. Um, Obvious problem. Difficult thing to time, right? Uh, Not to mention the issue that if you survived your illness after baptism, it's a really long time to be good. Infant baptism is documented as early as the second century, uh, though folks argue that it's attested to in the Bible um, as it says that whole households were brought into the faith and baptism. Presumably, babies weren't ex- excluded from that. This practice started to be more pressing when Augustine proposes the doctrine of original sin in the fourth century, which meant babies were in danger of dying in unrepentance and going to hell, not a small fear given infant mortality rates at the time. I've changed in my life uh, from being a part of a tradition that baptized only when you were old enough to understand what you were doing. Makes sense to me. First of all, Give me the person who completely understands baptism. They're not 11year- old. They're, they're not 11 years old uh, to start with. And I will tell you too, that that person is baptized. It's something learned from the inside, in a way, not observed and codified. That is, like all religious experiences, baptism is more like love and less like a quantitative analysis. It seems right to me for a child to be raised in the full love and acceptance of a church family as an equally valid member in it, in the same way that she's raised without her knowledge or say in the full love and acceptance of her own family who names her as an equally valid member as any of them. Later on, She'll be able to opt out, though we hope the love and support and foundation that she finds in her families will mean she doesn't, or that her opting out is simply a time for her to find what else she needs before returning to us. And it's this last part that was the source of my heartache with Jolene, Neither my sister nor I believed that Jolene needed to be baptized in order to be loved by God. We did not believe her soul to be in mortal danger. For my part, I wanted nothing more than to let this holy water on her pink, bald head to impart to her the dark knowledge that this basin holds— That in her life will be pain and brokenness and death. That when she goes under, God goes with her. That there is new life on the other side. A resurrection planned for her from the beginning of time. But the peace that was missing was not me, but you. A community. Give people to say, when I ask, who will support this child in prayer and witness to learn these truths given to her at baptism? People who would stand up and say, that's us. We'll do this. A chosen family. I like that word, chosen. It's a good, sturdy church word that sometimes gets a bad rap. Christians have claimed that by baptism, they become a chosen people, selected by God. It gets a bad rap because we have misused it over time to say who's in and who's out, and I'm in, chosen, special. But a chosen family exists because people who were otherwise strangers found a common love, a bond beyond the inevitability of blood or backgrounds. It's actually the opposite of exclusion. A truth we learn in baptism is that it's in being loved that we are made capable of love. It's right that we begin the story of Jesus' family, the one you find yourself among right now with an affirmation of love. That at the beginning of all possibility is a voice that says, you are my child, my beloved.